All right, if you'll take your Bibles, go to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 1. Proverbs, chapter number 1. And I have to confess this morning that as my thoughts and my heart were preparing for a Mother's Day message, and I know I've mentioned this before, special day messages are really not my forte. Uh, I will have to admit to you, and if you've been, if you've known me very long, you know that sentimentalism is not my forte. I'm just not a sentimental preacher. I'm pretty X's and O's and just straightforward. And, um, you know, touching your emotions is just, uh, it's just not my gift. And I, I appreciate preachers that are able to do that. But I want to confess to you that as uh, being on vacation, as I would sit there and watch the fishing rods do nothing, for hour after hour, I found myself thinking about today's message, and I really have have, have had a hard time with uh, this Mother's Day message, and uh, more so than any other Mother's Day so far, I've really struggled with missing my own mom um, quite a bit this past week. I'd be thinking about the message, and I just feel that knot in my throat and in my gut and uh, fighting back the tears. And already this morning, I've looked out at the congregation and I've seen some of you, uh, I could tell, uh, struggling with some tears and some just some sorrow and some missing, uh, whether it be your mom or your parents or whatever. And, um, you know, my dad was... Um, he went to heaven over 20 years ago, and my mom a little over five years ago, and so um, I guess the longer that mom's been gone, it's just uh, really kind of hitting my gut the same way that it is when I think about my dad. And so, you know, we don't like torturing ourselves and being reminded about our loved ones that have, uh, have uh, gone on. But at the same token, it's, I think it's a very good thing to spend some time to honor them and their memory as well as um, to, to appreciate the parents that we have, the mothers that we have. And many of you, your mothers are still living. And uh, that's a great joy and that's a great responsibility. And uh, I just want to encourage you to be thankful for what you have. And I'll say more about that here in just a few minutes. Proverbs chapter number 1 and verse number 8, Solomon says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not, watch it, the law of thy mother. Now turn to Proverbs chapter number 6. We're going to see that uh, Solomon says just a little bit more about this concept of the law of thy mother. In chapter 6 and verse number 20, he says, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. Sounds to me like those commandments of our mothers and those instructions of our fathers have a tendency to leave us and especially to not be there at the time that we need them the most. That's why Solomon says, Bind them continually upon thine heart. Verse number 22, When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. 
Then he goes on in the chapter to talk about how the, those commandments, that instruction and the law of thy mother will keep a young man from a, an adulteress or a, um, a, a harlot, a whorish woman, so to speak. And how many people's lives, both male and female, have been destroyed by illicit relationships that um, for just a few minutes of pleasure caused a lot of heartache and a lot of grief and a lot of regret for an entire lifetime. Oh, how we should uh, listen to the instructions of a godly father and the commandments, the law of godly mothers. And I'm going to speak to you this morning on that subject, the law of thy mother. Let's pray. Father, we ask now for your mercy. We ask you for your grace. Uh, Help us here this morning. Uh, Lord, I don't know if it's uh, just from being gone for a week, uh, traveling all day yesterday, but Lord, my mind's struggling here this morning. And Father, I, I pray that I would not interfere with the message that you have for this congregation today. So, Lord, we pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to say the things that would edify, would instruct, would encourage, would comfort. Lord, only you know what the needs of the hearts are today, and we pray that you would meet those needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we honor some of the most important people in our lives our mothers. And I want to say they deserve it. As I've already mentioned, I've been missing my own mom very much here lately, more so than I have in the past uh, however many years combined. For many, Mother's Day is a sad day. Some of you have mothers that have passed on. Others, sadly, have mothers that made selfish choices that has caused much hurt through neglect and rejection. Can I say to you, if that is you here today, the Bible says in Psalm 27 and verse number 10, David said, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Now we have no indication that David's mother or father ever forsook him. But David knew and understood the love and the consistency. Listen, we all have imperfect parents. Amen? You might have had the best parents in the world, but you know that they weren't perfect. When you're just a little child, you, you don't see those faults and failures, but the, the, the parent-child relationship gets so much more complicated as children become adults or when they get into their teen years. And They're able to see and observe and compare. And sometimes we compare our parents to other people's parents when we only see their parents on their best behavior, when we're visiting their home. And we just get a little window in, and usually we only see the good. But I I promise you that every single one of us, I don't care if you come from the most godly home, I've said this before, we're all a piece of work in one way or another. There's just no getting around that. And sometimes the devil will beat us up and we'll think that, well, I've got to be perfect like brother or sister so-and-so, not knowing that they're over there looking at you thinking, well, we, we need to be perfect like they are. And so 
even if you did not have the kind of mother that God wants mothers to be, I assure you that we've got a heavenly father that will take us up. And we don't have to worry about God having any faults or failures. We don't have to worry about him having a bad day or being in a bad mood. We don't have to worry about getting on his nerves and suffering his wrath. He is a God that is full of mercy and compassion, and he doesn't change ever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so even though our parents are supposed to be a great source of nurture and acceptance. Let's just face the fact that we live in a very sin-cursed world. We're sinners ourselves. And you know what? And I'm going to say more about this here in just a few minutes, but I want to say it right now. You know, life is not exactly easy. Amen? And back when I was younger... And all of my theories and all of my wealth of knowledge and wisdom was unproven and untested by time and by circumstances. I can remember looking at others and being critical, thinking, well, when I get to be a dad, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that way. And why can't they just be this way? And then we find out that life has a way of just beating us up. Amen? Life will beat you up. And so sometimes we look at our moms and we, we, we start thinking, well, why can't they be this way? Or why do they have to be that way? And boy, some of those relationships can be so, so difficult. And often we, um, we just don't apply a good amount of compassion and understanding and recognizing that Sometimes our moms have went through some pretty tough things in life that's just beat them up. And sadly, uh, some of that is, has been at our hands as children. That ought to be just a little bit convicting and eye-opening. And so I want to talk about the law of thy mother. The authority of motherhood has been almost completely lost in today's culture. Amen. Maybe you're not with me. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it slower, and I want you to think about this. The authority, we're talking about the law of thy mother. The authority of motherhood has been almost completely lost in today's culture, including Christian culture. The training of right of children in righteousness has been too often delegated to others. Well, that's the the pastor's responsibility. That's the Sunday school teacher's or the master club leader's responsibility. That's the youth leader. They're going to make sure that my kids are trained in Christian ethics and integrity and in serving the Lord. And we delegate that. And and mothers today look at their children more as a plaything rather than as a soul that was brought into this world. Folks, that's a huge responsibility. I cannot speak from the standpoint of a mother, but as a father, I know that that weight and that burden of bringing an eternal soul into this universe, 
knowing that whether they go to heaven or hell, whether they have a good judgment when they stand before God, how their life, is their life going to be a total waste? Or is it going to be something that is valuable to God and and man? Our culture has produced mothers that are vain, selfish, without integrity. We're fishing on the beach this last week and and you know we had some good privacy because the time of the year that we're there and so but there was some people a family that was I don't know maybe 50 75 yards away and 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 I kept watching every time I turned around they had a little curly headed girl and that little girl's running out into the ocean or running running away and mama's just keeps chasing her and she'd chase her and pick her up and she would be consoling her and take her back to where their chairs were and next thing I turn around She's 20 yards away, and next thing I know is that the little girl runs all the way over to our camp, for lack of a better term to call it, and this little girl dives into my fishing cart, and Mama's about 10 10 yards behind and finally grabs her, and I'm thinking, you know what, I usually have fish hooks sitting all around and hanging on this and hanging on that. Fortunately, this little girl didn't get into any of those fish hooks. She would have got hurt. But the the sad part is, is here's mama. I mean, this kid just keeps doing it over and over again. And I thought, you know what? I would have done that about once with my mom. It wouldn't have happened twice. Now, listen, I'm not being critical I'm really trying not to be critical, but but you're thinking, what does what do people think that the role of a mother is all about? Now, this mama thinks that she's being a good mom by oh, it's okay, honey, it's okay. She's consoling this kid. I would have thought my mama would have never consoled me for running off like that. What's this little, what's this little girl, girl gonna grow up into thinking that my, my mom is just a fence to try to keep me from being in trouble rather than instructing me and disciplining me so that I don't just start running in whatever direction that I want to run in. Listen, it's, it's a very unsafe world out there. And I'm not talking about texting and driving. I'm talking about moral, spiritual, yes, physical. And it's imperative that mothers recognize that there's some authority in training children, training our boys and girls to have some ethics, some character, and yes, some self-control. You know, when you, when your children are younger, if you will exercise your control over them, you're not going to make them mindless idiots. You are training them to have self-control by controlling their behavior as a parent. And so God speaks of a mother's instruction as a law. You know, that's interesting because I don't find anywhere in the Word of God where the Bible talks about the law of thy father. He talks about the commandments of our fathers. He talks about the instruction and the wisdom and the counsel. But never does he refer to the law of our fathers. But two times he refers to 
the instruction of a mother as the law of thy mother. You know, there's many different kinds of laws. There's rules. There's natural laws like gravity and so forth. There's civil laws. There's moral laws. There's ecclesiastical laws. That's the rules of governing in a church. There's ceremonial laws. The, the Old Testament is filled with all kinds of ceremonial laws. But I want to talk to you about five different things that have to do with the law of our mothers. And the first one here this morning is I want to talk about the law of gratitude. The law of gratitude. Sadly, it used to be common for children to be raised without a father. Now, it is not totally uncommon for children to be raised without a father or a mother. Foster kids, adoptions, in many cases, grandparents are having to play the major role of raising uh, their grandchildren. According to Pew Research, 21% of all children under 18 are raised by a single mom. Now, by the way, this is 2017 when this research took place. This is five-year-old statistics. I, I just don't think that it's gotten any better, do you? In fact, we might be shocked how in the last five years, these statistics have continued to plummet. 21%, that is one out of every five people that you meet in Walmart, are raised by a single mom, compared to only 12% in 1968. 7% are raised by unwed parents, that was less than 1% in 1968. 4% raised by a single father, only 1% in 1968. Folks, we have a continual rise of children being raised by a single parent and the amount of single dads raising children because mothers have forsaken their children is on the upward rise in numbers that we don't even want that we don't even want to know how those numbers are rising. In Texas in 1990, Wanda Holloway gave her diamond earrings as a down payment to hire a hitman to murder Verna Heath, who was the mother of a girl named Amber, who had beaten out her daughter Shanna for cheerleader in their high school. Some of you might remember this story. I said that to say this, that um, no, matter, no matter what you are complaining about and whining about with your earthly mother, there's probably nobody in this congregation or listening on live stream that could say, hey, I got a better mom than this one. So the point is, be thankful. Be thankful for the mother that you have even with all of the imperfections. And I guarantee you, when you get in her walk of life, uh, you may find that she had it more on the ball than you do. Matthew 15, verse number 4, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. The law of gratitude. Be thankful for your mom. Because um, 
there's a lot to be thankful for. Number two, I want to talk about the law of ethics. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 and verse number one, every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. A godly mother is a builder of the home. A good mother is a good woman. A good mother is also a good wife. One thing I appreciate about my wife, and to my knowledge, she has, uh, I know this has been one of her principles as a mother. And uh, you, if you're a mother, you would do well to follow her godly example. She made a commitment before Anna was even born. She said, I'm going to make sure that I do everything so that my children believe that their dad is perfect and that he is their hero. Now, I can say beyond any shadow of a doubt that her portrayal of her husband as perfect is filled with quite a bit of hypocrisy. It's true. But uh, she has done well in that respect, and uh, she has not belittled our children's dad to them, and uh, she has lifted their dad up, and I appreciate that. I believe that that is good ethics in a mother. And too often, parents feel like the affection of their children is a competition. And we feel like that, well, if they love the other, or maybe maybe just kind of subconsciously we feel that they'll love me more if I tear down the other one. It's almost this kind of, I feel threatened or competition. It's kind of like, you know, what happens at school when we're around our peers. It's kind of like, well, I'm going to reject you before you reject me. Sometimes we tear other people down because we think that it makes us look like a hero. But folks, that never works. It never, ever works. And so what we need to do is we need to respect authority. And as mothers, I would encourage you to be ethical and don't ever criticize your husband, your children's father. Don't ever criticize teachers and police officers and, yes, even pastors. You know, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. As a pastor, I know when parents are criticizing me. I know it every time. I can read it in the spirit of your children. And I know it. Some of you are like, well, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Look, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm just simply saying is that you cannot hide it because children can't hide it. And as a pastor, you know when that flip has been switched or that switch has been flipped, you know when something changes. You know, when, when, when you go from, you know, the child walks into the room and you're there and they go, preacher, and they just can't wait to come and give you a hug on the leg. And then all of a sudden you go, hey, Sally, how you doing? I'm afraid to, to talk to that bad man. And you say, well, you know, we're not saying anything too bad. You know, children, they don't, they don't understand that. 
They just know that, uh uh-oh, something might be wrong. Listen, protect your children's spirits. The ethics, the law of ethics, a mother nurtures her children's character and integrity more than their emotions. And we've got a generation today of mothers that care more about their child's feelings than they care about their ethics, character, and integrity. Mamas, get your priorities in the right place. Number three, I want to talk about the law of nurture. You know, everybody knows that a good mother is a nurturer. And mamas, don't let public opinion make you feel inferior for choosing motherhood over a career. Never, ever. You made the better choice. I'm not saying that, ladies, some of you, you have to have a career. That's the choice that you made. I am not belittling that. Not at all. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for having a career. I'm simply saying that if you chose to be a mother over a career, don't listen to the lies that our culture tell you that you made an inferior choice. Because it's just simply not so. The position of a mother and the blessings of a mother and the the responsibility and the potential of what a mother can do for their children. Listen, that is a benefit that will go on year after year after year, long after the paychecks stop coming in and the plaques and the awards get put in a box instead of hanging on the wall because you find out that, you know what, they just really didn't mean that much. You know, sometimes if, if, if ladies would put that much energy, the, the energy that they put into a career, if they would put that into their children, oh, this world would be so much of a better place. You know, this law of nurture, little girls naturally, now I'm going to preface this. I'm probably going to get myself in trouble here, okay? I, I know it, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Little girls naturally want to play with dolls. They want to dress them, feed them. Oh, I'm sorry, accessorize them. They want to nurture them. It's just natural. I understand there are exceptions. I know some little girls are, you know, they gravitate toward being a tomboy. I understand that. But I also know, listen, just because there are exceptions, the problem with today's culture is that today's culture is trying to normalize the exception and vilify the norm. In 2 Timothy 3.3, Paul's warning of the perilous last days, he said, without natural affection. I don't care how you slice it and dice it. I don't care what culture or what generation that you look at. If you will leave little boys and little girls alone to be little boys and little girls and don't influence them by Disney Channel or by what the public school and the curriculums are teaching them, you just put them 
in a sterile environment, I guarantee you, you're going to find that the little girls are going to be playing with dolls and the little boys are going to be over here playing in the dirt with Tonka trucks. Once again, I know there's exceptions. That doesn't mean that the tomboy girl can't grow up and be a feminine lady. And it doesn't mean that the little boy that doesn't gravitate toward Tonka trunks is, is going to grow up and be, you know what? Now, this is just my advice. And, and I praise the Lord. I've never had any, I've never had to deal with this. Uh, my daughter was a girl from day one and recognized it. And my son was a boy from day one and recognized it. I'm thankful for that. It's weird that you have to be so thankful in this day and age. They understood that boys are boys and girls are girls. And so praise the Lord, I haven't had to deal with that. But my personal opinion is, is that I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily punish my kid, my boy, for not gravitating toward Tonka trucks, but at the same token, I ain't going to let my little boy play with dolls. Why would I do that? That would be foolish. Now, I told you I'm going to get myself in trouble. I admit it. But it needs to be said, folks. It needs to be said. Everybody's, we got our hands tied while our culture is swirling down the toilet, not into the sewer, but into hell. And we're all scared to death that we're going to offend someone. I'll tell you what, all of these, this generation that's on their way to hell because they reject the authority of God's creation, we should be offended at them. A mother protects her children. That's her nature. It's the law of nurture. Mothers, be careful over nurturing your little boys. Don't overprotect them. Yeah, make sure that they don't do something stupid and get hurt. But listen, mamas, that natural desire to nurture you need to make sure that you control that with ethics because you got to let boys be boys. Have you ever noticed that in today's church, I, I don't, I, I would be interested at the statistics, but every now and then you find a, a young lady, teenager, single in her 20s, every now and then you find a young lady that just has a heart for God and wants to do right and is sold out to the Lord. But for every one of those, how many young men do we see that truly want to be a Christian and live for Jesus Christ? It is so rare. And when you see it, it is so refreshing. I don't know the answer to it. I don't know if in, in fundamental Bible-believing, independent uh, Christianity that we've tried to overprotect our, our young men. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answers. 
But I do know this, that boys are different than girls. And um, mamas, give them some space and let them be boys because if you over-smother them, they're going to feel like the only way that they can feel like a man is to rebel. Yeah, I don't know if I'm making you think or what, but... Now listen, let me say this. Um, the idea of a father providing a living while the mother is a homemaker, this law of nurture, so to speak, there is no, and I coined my own phrase here, there is no systemic chauvinism in that statement. Systemic, that's the big word right now, right? Dad going to work, being the breadwinner, coming home from a hard day's work, and there's mama and the kids ready to meet him. Listen, let me say this also, mama, when dad's been at home or been at work all day, when he comes home, make the kids feel like that this is a wonderful occasion. I appreciate my wife, how that she did that. Daddy's home, and oh, it was a big event. It wasn't like, oh, you're home. <laughs> yeah. What, couldn't you get overtime? <laughs> oh, hi, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> These are laws of nurture. And, and you know, I, I, I'm preaching this stuff. I would have never preached this 10 years ago because I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't think it was necessary. But we're living in a day and age where these simple, just fundamental, spiritual and emotional and ethical ground foundation of a Christian functional home is just nowhere to be found practically. There's no systemic chauvinism and the ideas that I'm presenting to you, you know, we need to get back to some of that World War II generation. And yeah, no, they weren't perfect. I understand that. They weren't perfect at all, but boy, our country was in a whole lot better condition back then than it is today. Mothers should learn to be frugal, even if there is an abundance of money. You know, you may have all kinds, you may not have to be frugal, but remember, your little boys and your little girls, they're not going to be in your home for their whole life. If you've got a little girl and you've got, and you're well to do and you overspoil her, God help the young man that's going to marry her. I mean, I guarantee you, she's going she's gonna to want somebody that makes a lot of money that's a loser over somebody that loves God and has some character but has to just go and, and, and put on roofs for a living. And I'm not minimizing roofing. I'm just making a comparison there that all of these things be frugal and prepare them for the future rather than indulge them with the present. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Prepare them for marriage. Help them by teaching them moderation. Thank God for mothers that can cook delicious, nutritious meals and keep a clean and healthy home. We could say more, but we're probably already on some pretty thin ice. Number four, 
Number four, all of you mamas are going to, I may be on thin ice with you, but if you're a mother, you're going to start liking me on this next point, I guarantee you. Maybe a little bit more. We may not go all the way back to breaking even, but I guarantee you I'm going to score a few points with you mamas on this next one. The law of sacrifice and suffering. Listen, uh, your, mama, your mama carried you in her womb for nine months. She puked a lot. She swelled up all over the place. She was mostly miserable. And then came the delivery. Even with epidurals, C-sections, morphine, novocaine, whatever, it was some intense pain. I speak from observation, not experience. I know this, that many of my peers considered me an ogre for not wanting my wife to have an epidural. (laughs) So much for those points. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not opposed to epidurals, but you know what? Sometimes just God's way, if if there's not an endangerment, sometimes, wouldn't you agree, maybe we're missing something? And sometimes we think that the product of what's going on in our culture is all a mess, but we're not willing to step back and say, maybe there's some just little subtle things. Maybe... Maybe the natural going through the process, maybe it contributes to that mother-child bond. I do know this, that there are endangerments to the mother with some of the medical technology that's available today. And, you know, if there's not a medical reason to do it, I've always just chose, let's stick to God's way just as much as we possibly can. But the bottom line is, your mama went through some pretty intense things to bring you into this world. And she wants to know that you're going to do something valuable with her, with your life so that her suffering was not wasted. I guarantee you, most of you, at some point in your life, your mother has thrown up to you all that they went through to bring you into this world when you wouldn't listen and do what they tell you to do. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Just smile if you know what I'm talking about. Whoa, that was very smiley. You know, regardless, we ought to be thankful and we ought to appreciate the law of sacrifice and suffering and certainly respect our mamas for what they went through to bring us into this world. Proverbs 23, verse number 22 says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. You ever thought that through? I don't have all the answers to that verse, but there's just something about it as we get older, and as our parents, as our mothers get older. You know, you take a mama that when daddy dies, and, and it's more frequent for there to be widows than for there to be widowers. And you know, that's, that's a tough thing. 
I mean, a husband is a source of security. And then all of a sudden, that's ripped out of a mama's life, and they don't have a husband. And what happens is now that natural desire for security, they're growing older, and so many different emotions that they're having to deal with. And what do they do? They naturally lean on the people that love them the most, which is generally children. And that creates a pressure. And then even as, even as children, we feel responsible for our parents. And I think that that's a good thing. But at the same token, we've also got to recognize the fact that we're, we can help our mothers with some emotional and maybe even some financial support and some friendship and some understanding. But listen, we cannot replace dad. And we cannot become the parent. You try to parent your parent, and you're going to have some problems. And so remember that. Try not to go too far with that responsibility. There are some things that we can help and support, but we cannot fix. Only God can. And so always remember that law of sacrifice and suffering. Number five, my last point, is the law of kindness. In Proverbs 31 and verse number 26, it says, She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. No one naturally forgives as well as a mother does. Who can be more forgiving and more kind and more understanding of children than mama? I had a hard time with this one as I was preparing this message, when my mom was dying of cancer and I had several opportunities to fly out and spend time with her before she went. And I know I've shared this in times past, but, you know, the Lord gave me a whole month with her the summer that she passed away. And um, we had some pretty precious, before she just completely uh, went out of it and lost cognizance. We had some pretty uh, precious conversations around the kitchen table. And she would reminisce and she would talk about some things from the past and some regrets and some different things. And you could tell that she just wanted to have everything clear before she went to heaven. And she brought something up that I'm sure fact that she waited this long to bring it to my attention. And we had a great relationship. But she brought something up that I said to her in my 20s that was very mean and cruel. And I don't remember saying it, but I feel certain that I did, that she didn't embellish it, she didn't exaggerate it. And it was something cruel in comparing her to other people's parents. I had just gotten right with the Lord, and I'd started learning the Bible for myself. And um, I started recognizing some of the things that the Bible says that we're supposed to be. And then I started being critical of my own parents and the things, well, we didn't uh, you know, we, we did that when I was a kid, and the Bible says we shouldn't do that, and I was just a knucklehead. I, I, seriously, I, I, was, I was full of zeal. 
I, I like to call it preacher boy syndrome. Oh, I got full of myself, and I thought I was full of God in the Bible, but really, in many ways, I was just full of myself. And I said that, and she bore that in her heart for 30 plus years. And she brought that up. And I cried. And I said, Mom, I said, I don't remember saying it. But I said, I'm sure that I did. And I said, I probably didn't remember it because I just didn't think that it even, you know, sometimes as kids, we think that our parents are super strong and that, you know, we can say anything to them and it doesn't bother them. You know, parents are there to show us acceptance, but the reality of it is, is parents need exception, uh, need uh, acceptance from their children as much as children need acceptance from parents. And I just said, Mom, I said, I'm sorry. I said, and I looked her in the eye and I said, I want you to know that what I said, not only am I sorry for saying it, but the fact of the matter is, is it just simply wasn't true. I spoke in haste and foolishness. And I said, I am so sorry that I hurt you. And you know, that was unpleasant, but I am so glad that we got that cleared off of the table and that she cared enough about me that she would, um, that she would bring it up. And she brought it up with such a kind and a gentle spirit. She wasn't trying to make me feel bad. She just was bearing it and she wanted to get that out. And I'm so glad that we were able to make that right there in her last months. Mothers, forgive your children, because children can be really stupid. We can be really, really foolish. And um, children, forgive your parents, because a lot of the grudges that we bear... A lot of the hurt that we just hang on to, it's just not worth it. All it does is just make us unhappy. And um, you might be perfectly right. You might be perfectly justified. But uh, it's a whole lot better to just take the high road and get forgiveness and healing and blessing and then just move on and forget about it. In conclusion, John 19 and verse number 26, you know, you know a lot about a person by their dying words. The last words that they will say to and about their loved ones, that's what's really important in their heart. And Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's literally minutes away from yielding up the ghost. And before he said, I thirst, and before he said, it is finished, the last thing that he said in verse 26, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. You know, uh, 
Mary and John, they both understood what he was saying. Jesus is saying, Mama, I can't take care of you anymore. I'm doing what I came here to do. I didn't come here into this world to be your son. I came in here to be the Savior of the world. Mary understood that. Mary dealt with that. I don't know where Joseph was. I would have to assume that Joseph had already died and that Mary was a widow. But Jesus was very careful not to elevate the status of his mother like many world religions do. He didn't elevate her status. But in his dying minutes, in the midst of his own personal incredible sufferings, he was thinking about her and making sure that she was taken care of. If Jesus thought that much about his mama, then I guess that we too ought to think that much about our own mothers. May all of you mothers strive to be God-fearing, God-honoring ones. May we all give the honor and gratitude toward our mothers, because no doubt God would be well pleased. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, God, that you would bless the words that have been said here today. Lord, uh, not a whole lot of structure, not a whole lot of fluff, but Lord, certainly from the heart. I pray, God, that every mama here would be encouraged. Lord, the world beats them up, and Lord, uh, circumstances in life, uh, I'm sure that um, no matter how hard they try, down deep, the devil's always telling them that they're failing. I pray, God, that you would lift them up and encourage them. Lord, help us, husbands and children, to encourage our mothers, to honor them, respect them. Lord, help all of our mothers to be God-fearing, God-honoring, women of integrity, women of, uh, women of God, Lord. We need more women of God. What a powerful, powerful influence. Lord, take the things that I've said here today and use them in our hearts for your good and your glory. If I've said anything that is amiss today, then I just ask, Lord, that it would be forgiven and forgotten. If I've said anything that is truthful, then I pray that the Holy Spirit would just drive it deep into our hearts and may it produce the life-changing decisions that you want it to produce. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Head bows and eyes closed. Piano plays softly. I don't know exactly how to word this invitation but uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to pray here this morning. Maybe pray for your own mother. Maybe as a mother, you'd like to come down to the altar and say, God, help me to be the mother that you want me to be. Maybe you just want to thank God. Maybe Maybe you're hurting here today because your mom's already in heaven and you miss her whatever God has impressed upon your heart we'd like to give you an opportunity to do business with him here today
Let's all stand to our feet. Once again, happy Mother's Day. Appreciate everyone being here today. Trust that God has spoke to your heart. Brother Terry TV Paw would like to ask you to close us in prayer. And when he's finished praying, then you are dismissed. Don't forget to get your cookies, ladies. God bless you.